Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You've tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. That email address where you can send me your thoughts, opinions, feedback, questions, comments, all the rest, including your adoration and praise. It is the, you know, if Justin Trudeau were hosting this show, Prime Minister of Canada. First of all, none of you would listen. Second of all, if you did listen, he would be dictating and demanding. See, I say that stuff all in you know tongue in cheek, right? I don't expect your adoration and praise. I jokingly say that, but people like Justin Trudeau do not just expect it; they demand it. They demand your complete and total uh, compliance. They speak, you listen, whether it's Justin Trudeau, whether it's Joe Biden. I mean, you know, I don't know what Joe Biden is really. There's a, there are serious concerns with Joe Biden. Um, and I don't like to say this. I really don't. And his uh, just what his capabilities are at this particular point in time. But before that, I mean, Joe Biden has always been. Joe, you go back in history. Joe Biden was not a was not a good, admirable fella in many, many instances. But anyway, these folks demand demand your complete adoration and praise. I jokingly say it in the for put, uh, putting that in the email. But anyway, so I want to start tonight, today, whatever talking about this morning. Whenever you're listening to this <laughs> program, um, I want to start by saying. Are playing a soundbite here. This is Justin Trudeau. This was yesterday uh, and Tuesday, and he is. I, I I just want you to listen to this. So again, the stage. We've talked about this the past several days. We're looking at what is happening in the city, capital city of Canada, in Ottawa. Not a large city. The media is painting this, and folks, I've looked, and and you probably have as well. You know, I've I've looked at multiple reporting sources. I've listened to people who have been there. I've looked at social media. You know, and we have to understand. I this is just a cold hard truth. This is a reality we have to contend have to deal with. Is we aren't there to see this, and we're dealing with people. In the media, people in government who are deceitful, who are not here to say, you know what, we messed up, we're doing something wrong, truckers, you know, you have a point, whatever. They're not, this is not, <laughs> they're not just going to stop and capitulate and give in. And when they, they have, <laughs> they have watched over the past two years, and I'm going to say this again, anytime I say something like this, I feel the need to say that one can have these concerns, questions, thoughts, whatever, and still believe that COVID is real. So I'm not implying 
This is not an either-or choice. It's not to say that just because I believe government has seized upon the opportunities, and I hate to use the word because the opportunities of COVID that have, that have been presented to it, to governments of all levels, of all types and sizes, all countries, this opportunity for them to step in and to play savior, step in and to accumulate power, step in and to be the boss. And of course, no matter what they do, they'll later tell you that it worked. It doesn't matter what the consequences are. It doesn't matter what the negative effects. It does in real life. I'm saying from their perspective, they'll just spin it. And this is what Justin Trudeau does here. In fact, did you know, (laughs) according to the brilliant analysis of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the only way to stop tyranny is to deal with tyranny for a little bit. I mean, that's effectively what he said here. If these truckers are not happy with mandates, of course, he puts on a performance here. I want you to listen to this minute, this minute and five second soundbite here. But um, he, he's, he tries to say, you know, we've all put up with a lot. We're just trying to do what's right. And you know what? We've done a lot right here in Canada. And, um, you know, the only way to get put an end to these restrictions is for people to live with these restrictions. The only way to put up or to end, I should say, the authoritarian tyranny, which he doesn't use that phrase, though he should. The only way for people to deal with this authoritarian tyranny is to put up with some authoritarian tyranny. I mean, it's it's maddening to think about this and to actually digest and analyze what he's saying because it's complete utter nonsense but that being said this this being said so so keep in mind trudeau who you know vanished from the face of the planet for a couple of days um and there's all sorts of speculation and opinion and all conjecture and all these sorts of things as to what what was going on but they this is this is the biggest test to date, I would say a government in this well in this part of the world has has contended with, has dealt with. I mean, this is a real legitimate problem. And so their first attempt, the government's first attempt is to uh, with the help of the media, the complicit media is to malign these truckers, right? And I, I'm saying this without condoning every single you know piece of behavior. <laughs> of every single trucker. There's no way I can do that. But in general, this is far from what anyone would call a riot or looting. I Yesterday at the end of the show, I very brilliantly, I compared this to uh, what was happening in Ottawa and the press coverage. And you can go back and listen to yesterday's show. It's in the very, I don't know, maybe the final couple of segments. But we looked at what happened after the big game in 2000. 18 in the city of a city of Philadelphia when the Philadelphia Eagles, if the NFL lets me say that, won the big game, the NFL championship back in 2018. Um, and you, I, I read to you some of the things that happened in the city of brotherly love in celebration, and there were injuries, and there were riots, and there were looting. There were injure. Uh, there was one. At least one injured police officer. I'm not aware of any of this stuff happening. Even even the media that tells us this is an occupation, an occupation. Which, by the way, that we had a literal occupation here 
in this great nation, in the United States, when the government of Seattle decided to hand over basically part of the city to a bunch of uh, people who lived in – getting some sound here. My apologies. I don't know if that was me or – I don't know what that was. But anyway, um, the the folks in Seattle basically ceded control of part of the city – to Chaz and Chop, if you remember this. And actually, uh, that's what I was pulling up here when I was getting audio into my ears there, or it sounded like audio into my ears. I'm going to actually get the, the name uh, Chop. Where the world did I put this? I just looked this up because I wanted to share this with you. It literally means, here it is, um, Chop, Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. Or, or there's another variation of this, Capitol Hill organized protest, which, of course, we all know the first one is actually what it was. They truly occupied the city. This was occupation. These were occupiers. This is not what the United States even did. Whatever you think about the war uh, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, the United States did not take an occupier position. They didn't. They didn't do that. They they were there to fight, to find and fight and destroy terrorist, you know, elements and actual terrorists and all these sorts of things. They were not there to take over part of the country. They did not do that. They had uh, autonomous military bases from which they operated, and they went looking for the bad guys. And they were, in many cases, successful. And I don't want to paint this as you know there were no negatives, but that's essentially. These same folks that are telling us something is an occupation when it isn't, they have a history history of doing this. Meanwhile, they literally, they literally did this. The, the folks that took to Seattle and took over a year or two ago, whenever that was, and again, they were there until they ran out of orange wedges and high sea and some Capri Sun. They ran out of that stuff. They ran out of underwear. They went running back to home. Back to mommy's basement with their dirty laundry, asking for a refill of their Capri Suns and maybe maybe some fresh orange wedges. Had to get back on, you know, playing Call of Duty or whatever whatever else they were playing there in in the basement. And that's how that went down. But it was true truly an occupation. Now Chaz stood for the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which you could say they think that they're autonomous, meaning that they've occupied part of the city. And they declare their own autonomy there. We've since found out, incidentally, that the city, um, uh, the police in uh, the East Precinct of Seattle, um, I don't want to get too much into what happened in Chaz and Chop, but just to give you an idea, city officials uh, officials drafted a plan to give uh, the station, the police station there, to a Black Lives Matter group. They literally almost ceded the police precinct to a Black Lives Matter group, and this was, again, uh, during the Chaz debacle from, I don't know, a couple years ago. 2020, is that when it was? Anyway, point is, you compare and contrast that stuff with what's happening in Ottawa. Are the truckers demanding control of police precincts? It doesn't appear so at all to me. Instead, what it appears to me 
is that the police are demanding control of the trucker's fuel, to which I have asked under what law, under what rationale, um, how is this even possibly justifiable? And if some outsider, some good Samaritan says, well, they're taking the trucker's fuel, I'm going to bring them some, police have said, you can be you can be actually I, I, arrested. I don't know. I mean, we're just making things up. Not we. This is Canada. But it's not, folks, this is, these things are all a precursor. To, to some degree, things like this have, not to this magnitude here in this country, but things like this have happened. Um, but it's also a precursor of maybe more things to come. That's why, that's why it's important that the truckers stand firm on this. That's why freedom-loving Americans, Canadians, people who just love liberty, no matter where they are in the world, need to stand shoulder to shoulder on this and demand an end to this tyranny. So let's get to what Justin Trudeau thinks. I want you to listen to this. I can't even hardly listen to this because when I start listening to this, I think staged can performance. It makes me just it, it just my skin crawl when I listen to this crap. I just I have no no tolerance for this. It's disgusting. Standing there in his mask. He's not in blackface, in case you're wondering. He saves that for other other times um, when it's, uh, you know, when he doesn't think the cameras are on. But he does have his mask on, doing his best to virtue signal to the folks who still think that this actually is uh, of some value. But anyway, I want you to listen to how he explains the right response here for Canadians to take why the truckers are wrong, and how everybody has to, I guess, hunker down, as Governor Eric Holcomb would say here in our state. Hoosiers need to hunker down and come together. We just got to fight through this and get through this, and we'll come out stronger on the other side. But this is Trudeau's rendition of this. Here it is. One of the things uh, we all understand is just how frustrated just everyone is. Oh, frustrating. Uh, we're all frustrated. We're all sick and tired of restrictions, of of you're, mandates, of having you're the one to, giving them. to make sacrifices, of not being able to do the things we love. Uh, it's been uh, two years, and it's, yeah. and it's really, really tiring for all of us. Yeah. This government has been focused every step of the way oh, for Pete's sake. on following the best science, following the best public health advice to keep as many people safe as possible. And quite frankly, it's worked. We've yeah, seen worked. Uh, the curves uh, lower in Canada than elsewhere. We've seen lower death rates. We've seen quicker economic recovery because, because Canadians stepped up, because Canadians got vaccinated. And I can what understand frustrations with mandates, but mandates but, but. are the way to avoid further restrictions or having to be restricted <laughs> as people get vaccinated, as Canadians have gotten vaccinated we've been able to get through things and this team is going to stay focused on doing exactly that yeah, he doesn't want to answer any questions i don't blame him because that's silly ridiculous nonsense mandates what do you say restrictions i forget which way he said it but restrictions are a way to avoid other mandates i mean this is <laughs> this is literally spoken i'm not even this is there is no um you know, uh, hyperbole or exaggeration here. But this is the mindset. This is the mindset of a statist and an authoritarian. Folks, we've given you, we've given you, we, we've, we've only taken as much of your freedom as we think we need to in order to do the things that we think are best. That's what he's saying. And if you don't continue to do it, 
if you drive your semi to the capital of Ottawa, you're on the wrong side of this, says Justin Trudeau, not Todd Huff. I don't believe that whatsoever. But you're on the wrong side of this, and you're actually going to make me, truckers, says Justin Trudeau, a more hardline dictator. I mean, that's what he said. I, that, I don't know how else to reframe that for you. If you want to avoid me making more, I mean, where are these mandates coming from? They're coming from the likes of Justin Trudeau and other executives in, in, in places around, well, in our country and around, around the world. Don't make me do it, is what he's saying. If, you, if, you, if you're good boys and girls, well, if you can even use those phrases anymore, if you're good subjects to my authoritarian regime, then I won't make other mandates. I love how he talks about the mandates and restrictions as though they're being placed upon him by someone else. I'd love this, by the way. You know, we're all tired of the restrictions. This was the performance. He probably practiced in the bathroom mirror prior to coming out here. Again, maybe he had to wipe blackface off before he came out. I don't know. But he had to practice somewhere this little sideshow, drama. If he was an American Democrat, I would say this is a dramacrat performing. That's what exactly – that's what this is. And he's acting as though he just – he can't do anything about it. I have no idea. Reminds me of, of, of a Seinfeld, right? I mean it, that's what this feels like. It feels like we're being governed – by the logic of a Seinfeld episode today. I have no control over the mandates and restrictions I have to place. I'm following these scientists who are telling us how to save lives. The best way to save lives is to force you to comply. And if you don't want me to force you to comply with more things, you'll just comply with the little things. See how this works? And my, oh my, when, when you truly have an understanding for how this mentality, now I'm not saying it's full-fledged, to the extent of some of the radical, out-of-control regimes. So don't I'm not making that degree of a comparison. But the reality, or the, the there, there's a common thread here between this thinking, this way of thinking, and some very, very heavy-handed authoritarian regimes. We act, we're the government, you, you comply. We tell you what to do, and you do it. If you don't do it, we're going to make it harder on you, right? This is, this is, <laughs> folks, bad, bad things have happened throughout history. Bad, bad things with this type of thinking. And again, I'm not saying we're just at the beginning phase on the continuum here. There's other countries that have been dealing with this infinitely worse. I'm not saying, please, I'm not comparing by degree. I'm talking about the mindset that says, that says government tells you what to do. And you comply or else. If not, you're going to be sent to your room. You're going to have additional restrictions, mandates placed upon you. You're going to have to give up more of your liberty. How dare you, truckers, says Justin Trudeau in his political speech here. In his own – in Talk, this is exactly how what he was saying. Don't challenge me or I'm going to drop the hammer on you even harder. All under the guise of protecting you – from something that you can choose to protect yourself from if you think these steps if you think these steps work. This is all under the guise of public health. And in a similar way, folks, the climate change crowd is the same thing. It, it, it's it's they find issues that that say, well, if you want 
you're harming someone else. So now I've got to step in, right? If you drive an SUV, you're, you're contributing to climate change. So ergo, I can tell you, you can't drive said SUV. If you are, if we're in the middle of a pandemic and you're not vaccinated, you could spread a disease to someone else. And I know logic says, well, you know, the vaccinated are still getting sick. The vaccinated can still carry the virus. The vaccinated can still spread the virus. So what the heck is this guy talking about? But see, th- this has been so emotionalized, a lot of folks won't even hear that. A lot of folks won't even hear that. They're cheering what Trudeau is doing here because they've been conditioned to believe the government is here, I guess, to save us from ourselves, all because Justin Trudeau is just such a lovely, benevolent, I guess you would say, dictator. Man, I don't know anybody who's up here talking about restrictions mandates, loss of liberty. At some point, folks, I don't know what else to call them. Quick time out, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this program is brought to you in part by my friends at Jones Movers. Jones Movers, if you're listening If you're listening here in central uh, Indiana, they have over 40 years, 40 years of of, of their family. It's a family, um, you know, of of, um, family-owned business, moving your family. Jones Movers is conveniently located in central Indiana. They can move you across town, short distances, even outside of the area as well. They've uh, been advertisers here on the program for some time. Find out more information about them, visit jonesmovers.com, or you can call them, 317-773-MOVE. always like when phone numbers have, can spell out a nice, easy-to-remember phrase like that, 317-773-MOVE, 773-MOVE. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So, um, I also want to look at a couple of tweets that Justin Trudeau has recently sent out. Um, the one I want to share was actually tweeted out, I guess it would have been Monday. It would have been late Monday, I believe. And this is what he tweets. Canadians have the right to protest, to disagree with their government, and to make their voices heard. Hey, look at that. I actually... Can agree with that, but there's a, there's a but coming in here. We'll always protect that right, but let's be clear: they don't have the right to blockade our economy or our de- or our democracy, whatever the world that. What is that supposed to mean? The truckers are blockading their democracy. I've seen um, where it looks. Uh, well, I've seen reports about the you know the bridge heading into Detroit um, from what is it Windsor. Um, is has had been blocked or whatever. Um, I, I I get that. I, I I get that. But what do you mean blockading your democracy? You're starting to sound. See, this is they use terms like occupy. They like that. They they want to paint the picture. They want they want you to think that these folks came in and just took over. They want you to think in January sixth, in the sense of this is this is Canada's. January 6th. I mean, this is an insurrection. What are we doing? We're about to go to civil war here. That's what they want you to think. But see, folks, the, 
the problem starts the problem starts when the government infringes upon the rights of its people and so the government is responsible for this so Trudeau, as I played the soundbite last segment, basically his argument is just shut up. I mean, he of course he says it like a dramacrat, he try, and with some uh, the acting classes he might have attended here, but he he says it in such a way that people don't, if they just listen to the tone, don't nece- necessarily hear it. But effectively, he's saying, "Hey, do what I tell you." Or I'm going to have to drop the hammer harder on you because you're not listening to the science and to me and you're causing a war with democracy and you're basically causing an insurrection. You're occupying the city. Oh, my goodness. This is January 6th all over again, Canadian style. I mean, that's basically what what we're getting at here. Um, or he continues, you're not you don't have the right to blockade our fellow citizens daily lives. It has this. And I don't even know what that honking. Is that is that it? I mean, uh, look, I understand there's nuisance stuff, but t- again, I just I compare and contrast the way that these jokers talk about and and hold up groups like Black Lives Matter. And again, I don't attack everyone that's been at a Black Lives Matter protest because I don't think everyone that's attended has caused problems. They may be expressing opinions that I don't agree with. Maybe some I I do agree with. But I don't agree with the basic premise of Black Lives Matter. I don't believe that police officers are inherently racist and evil. I believe that there are a rare number of police officers who are racist. I believe that there are a rare number of any group of people that are that are racist. It's less today than it was even, even in the past. I also don't agree with the Marxist ideology. That's who founded this group. These are radicals. I mean, radical people that start this group of Black Lives Matter. I agree with nothing of theirs. I'm simply saying with individual protesters, I'm not saying that all those folks cause problems. But to say, to say that there was no that that what we saw from Black Lives Matter, especially in 2020, did not was was not as bad as what we're seeing in Ottawa. Folks, that is that is insanity. I mean, looting, breaking. Again, I shared going to downtown Indianapolis. Just, I mean, it's it's a a shadow of its former self. I haven't been down there recently, um, but the last several times I had been, I mean, it, it, immediately after some of those riots or whatever you want to call that violence, at least. Um, Terrible. I mean, just a, it was in a terrible predicament, a mess. I mean, again, I thought certain bu- businesses were closed because they they were completely covered with, um, I said cardboard with with plywood, the windows, and they looked closed to me. And you'd follow, and the door, for all I know, might have been behind plywood because all the windows had been busted out. That's that's not what we're dealing with. If you want to call something an occupation, that's a heck of a lot closer than to an occupation than what these truckers. Are doing is it an inconvenience? Is it annoyance? I'm sure it is, but you know what else is an annoyance? Is being forced by your government to take a vaccine that you don't want to take, and again, your right to swing your arm ends where someone else's nose begins. And just because it may make someone a little bit, you know, 
they don't like what you're doing or it might cause them a minor inconvenience. You, you know, you can't take over their property, damage their stuff and that sort of thing. But if you're there to petition your government for redress of grievances and, and if the sheer volume of people there make it more of a challenge for folks that live there than normal, then, I mean, I'm sorry, at some point, that's just, that's what it means to live in a place that recognizes that we have a right to go and protest to our government. Now, if it's intentional and if it's, you know, um, things like that, it's, it's a different a different story. But he continues here. He says those things have to stop. So far, hundreds of RCMP officers have been mobilized to support the Ottawa Police Services. Now, what they're doing here, they want you to think, "Hey, we've got to send in the cavalry. The, the cavalry here. We've got to, we got to get this thing. We got to batten down the hatches, send in the reinforcements because these truckers are dangerous and a menace to society. That's that's what this is about. We're also working with the municipal partners to further strengthen our response, and we'll continue to be there with whatever resources are needed to get the situation under control. You know the resources that are needed is for you to use the resource of your liberty-loving side, if there is, in fact, any side left of that, Mr. Trudeau, and allow people to live in accordance with their conscience and to not act like an authoritarian dictator. I mean, there you go. Those are the resources you should put to work, sir. Quick time out, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in Mere Moments. Welcome back, my friends. Have you noticed all of the Democrats, what, governors, mayors, and, and all this stuff with, with masking policies, a lot of these folks have now um, changed their, their tune. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why. Um, the reason why they're doing this now is because here we are in February, right? And we have nine months before, before the uh, midterm elections, that's what this this is about cleaning up the mess. I I know for you and I and for people who've looked at this objectively, we think you know, we've seen the true colors of these authoritarian type leaders at all levels, right? And and, and of all of both parties, um pre, pre, uh, predominantly one party, but there's been some that have gone along with this stuff as well. And again, I'm on record, I don't care. Um, here in in our state of of Indiana, that um, our governor was on the wrong side of this for a while. Governor Governor Eric Holcomb, um, wrong side of this, and it's been it's been both both parties, right? It, it's been I don't want to make this sound like it's just been equal because it's not it's not been equal in the sense of how both parties there, there's been culprits in both. That have used this to go way outside the realm of of what, um, and I'm even given the pass to the initial response, the initial two weeks to slow the spread or whatever. Um, but th- they have caused, they have collectively caused a tremendous amount of grief and havoc on all sorts of things, not just the economy, but on 
the psychological health, the mental health of Americans. They have caused problems with children. They have they they have created problems or amplified and magnified problems that have led to increases in all sorts of other negative conditions that ranging from suicide to other health conditions that were not adequately dealt with in a timely fashion because they shut down all these basically anything that wasn't covid i mean that's that's a broad brush but you know what i mean i mean they they imposed policies and restrictions that did a lot of things i mean hurt kids abilities to get an education to socialize to be with their friends to be outside to not live in fear to I just you know what I mean on down all down the the line here they've changed Americans um, I'm just amazed I shared this with someone today or I guess yesterday that I was um, I'm just amazed that I think that the thing that bothers me most about this is how quickly people were how quickly people made dramatic changes to the way that they think. And I don't even know that I would say the way that they think, whether or not they think in many instances. They've abandoned the responsibility to be critical thinkers and to make decisions for themselves. Now they suddenly listen when someone says the experts say this, which the Democrats do this all the time, the radical left. Oh, the experts say it. I guess it's got to be right. I'm just some... You know, I'm just some nobody who's not an expert. I'm not saying experts don't know things, but I am saying, I am saying this: if you can't explain it in layman's terms, and instead you say do it because I'm the expert and you're not smart enough to understand, we have a problem. See, I'm not going to move if that's if that's the way someone talks to to me or to the American people or to their constituents. I'm I, I'm not. That doesn't do it for me. And I, it shouldn't do it for you either because if they know it a tenth of as well as they want you to think that they do, they could articulate the reasons why. But see, the problem is when they do that, if they even try, which they don't even try, they, they've convinced a lot of Americans in a short period of time that what they say goes and you just fall in line and do whatever they say. Jab number 73, you do it. And, and that's just mind-boggling to a free thinker's way of looking at life and the world. Anyway, we have how quickly people have gone to that is is troubling. It's troubling to me. It's concerning to me. And um, I got some more thoughts on that, but I got to take a break. Long in this uh, long in this segment here, or actually last segment. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> So look, I just the mindset, the mindset of Americans has come a long way. And yes, by the way, I I know, and I was thinking about this before we came on the the air today, but I know that there's um, some concerning news that broke yesterday about Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol police force and and spying and all that. And I don't want you to think I don't know about it, and I don't want you to think I don't think it's important to talk about. I just – we've been talking about – this trucker thing is is very, very, very important. And it, of course, leads into the discussion of where we are in this country with uh, 
government mandates and regulations and all this stuff pertaining to masks and everything else. And there's still local school districts. So far as I understand it, the, the local school district where I'm that, – that we call home, we, we homeschool, but when we're not there, you know, because we're traveling the country. But Monroe Gregg Schools in Monrovia, so far as I know, they still have a mask policy. There's others, others as well. And there's liberal uh, mayors, liberal governors who are now res- you know, lifting these these mandates because – while they have been successful with many, it has really upset people, and it should. This whole thing should upset people who are freedom-loving Americans. And just the response, the authoritarian attitude, the extension of what we saw with Justin Trudeau, we played some of that. A lot of folks have had enough, and so these Democrats are squaring up to try to not get shellacked in the, the midterms, but – they're just trying to salvage anything they can here, and they've got to get it off. They, they know that that's a loser politically for them now, and so they're trying to take – but whatever the reason they're taking these mandates away now, whether it's Aquaman who can breathe through his skin apparently, Garcetti maybe. I, maybe Stacey Abrams can breathe through her skin as, as well. She was maskless with um, while all the students in, in – I guess it was Atlanta. I think it was Atlanta for photo ops and so forth. I don't know how these folks they they hold their breath as Garcetti said or you know whatever they just they have superhuman powers I guess if they're they're radical leftists as well but the 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 gig is up with a lot of people there's a lot of anger resentment people can see where this mindset leads and so they've got to change the narrative and they've got to change by slowly backing out of these these mandates well I don't say slowly, but just at this point, they, they've waited till now. They say we, we've got to move on because we're going to get shellacked even for more reasons, even besides our incompetence in, in November. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. But look, I, I, we don't have a lot of time remaining here, but I do want to say – I do want to say and hit back on what I think may be one of the key points of this this whole thing um, when you look at the, the, the evolution of COVID and the thinking of, of Americans. I This is a serious issue. To me, this, this may be uh, – there's a lot of problems to think about long term, but the shift in the way that many people think. Now, I think because these governors and mayors, these Democrats who – see that these policies are no longer popular, even amongst people who aren't just uh, conservative Republicans. So they, they, they know that the the popularity of those ideas are not there. But still, we've seen the shift of a lot of people's thinking to, to away from themselves to trusting experts, which I'm not telling anyone to not to trust an expert. What I'm saying is never give up the ability to think for yourself you don't maybe know the details but to analyze what you're being told that's an important thing and people have given that up folks i've got to go have a great day sdg see you tomorrow take care